So Christine, um, why does art why does art history mean so much to you? Like what what does it mean to you? How did it come into your life? What what's important about it to you? That's such a wonderful question. Thank you for asking me that. I feel like not enough people ask me that. It's always, well, what are you gonna do with that? What do you right? Want? What do you that want? That is always the question but people I get ask me. so excited when anyone is like, why do you love it? How did you find it? Uh, I'm I'm rather sure the first time I was in an art museum, I was still in utero. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure uh, that I've been just exposed to fine arts and <clears throat> art museums pretty much my entire life. My mom taught art goes to school, if anybody remembers that. Yeah, she takes a lot of credit, which she should, absolutely. But when I got older and started getting interested in art history, I kind of I, I did it just because I was so intellectually stimulated by it and I just found it was the most interesting thing in the world and it made sense. The important thing is that it made sense to me. Um, I've never quite been able to describe how my brain works. I'm really envious of people who can say, I'm this kind of learner or my brain works this kind of way. I have no idea what's going on up here. It's just pure chaos. And I love that about myself, but it also gets really frustrating and it was actually last year in the middle of the pandemic and trying to do my master's degree that I finally figured out what it is about art and just visual art in general is that when you're working with a painting, a sculpture, a piece of architecture, um, a drawing, a photograph, it's still. As opposed to watching a film or a ballet, which I love, you know, there's a story that has- Which are art. It yeah. absolutely are art. But the reason I focus on these artworks that don't move these in well they are movable that's another podcast anyway <laughs> that's, a whole other that's a whole other thing let me not dive into that right now but <laughs> the reason I love sculpture and paintings um is because they are these rare moments in my life of stillness and they bring me a sense of calm along with the intellectual excitement and the regular excitement that they're a captured moment in time, you could say. Exactly. And there aren't many moments in life when you can really just sit with something that is not going to change. I love to read, but you got to turn the page to keep going. A painting, a sculpture, that's what it is. And it will always reveal new things to you, but it exists just so beautifully in its moment. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> Welcome friends to It's Just Art, everyone's toolkit for artful conversations. In this podcast, we seek to bridge the divide between people and works of art by exploring the ways in which we connect with art every day. Here we share with you the skills and vocabulary, what we call our toolkit that we have developed over the years of studying and teaching art history. We discuss art forms of all kinds, from oil paintings to street art to crafts and music. We believe that art is evidence of humanity and that making art is the most human thing that we can do. Art is all around us. It does not exist only in museums or galleries. You don't need a degree in fine arts or art history to know what makes an artwork beautiful or important. It's not foreign or exclusive or untouchable. It's just art. My name's Elle Claus, with me is Christine Stanton, my co-host, and Anna Boyer is our cruise ship director. We thank you for joining us. Today's topic is, what is art history? What we did in preparation for this episode was to talk to friends and family um, and, and ask them, what have you always wondered about art history, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we had be, working in this this industry and um, and and having studied, uh, we we have lots of questions. We've personally been asked. So some some of the questions we noted down were things that we've heard a million times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but some of them are uh, are questions that we got. We kind of compiled the list of of commonly asked questions yes. that all focus back in in some form on what is art history, right? Um, I, I think that's a really good place to start from because. Um, from that you can build anywhere right exactly and these 
questions. Some of them were solicited, others of them, others were just um, pulled from our memories, um, but they all come from people who do not have advanced degrees in art and art history. Yes. Yeah. So that's a great place to start, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll just jump right in then um, and we can ask each other the, the questions mm -hmm. as we go. Um, so what exactly is art history? Uh, the historical study of the visual arts. Mm -hmm. So anything under the sun. So from oil, paintings and sculpture and architecture, which are the three mm -hmm. kind of main ones that you that you think about, um, to then more subsections such as drawing, printmaking, photography, interior design, craft, uh, decorative arts, which is digital. A, Digital. Um, and we're concerned, art historians are concerned with identifying, describing, evaluating, and just trying to understand the art of both the past and the present, because you have art historians who work on artworks that are the first artworks that uh, humans ever made and uh, are the one, the last ones, most current, right? So wait, let yeah. me see if I can sum this up. Yeah, art I'm long-winded. Yeah. Is the history of art i know so I, I don't mean to say that in like a facetious way no, it's but, fine. but yeah. it 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 is like i mean it mm -hmm. sounds like we have there's so much fuddy-duddiness around art history that like yeah. it seems like it's this big crazy thing and it's right it's really when it comes down to it it's like hey there's art how did mm -hmm. it come about like exactly. what is it why does it exist mm -hmm. Let me put it this way for our listeners. Yeah. Think about what a historian does. Yeah. I think we it's a little bit easier to think about what, a, let's say a general historian. Mm -hmm. There are no general historians, but think about <laughs> what a historian does. They ask questions about what happened in the past and they try mm -hmm. to answer them based on the evidence that we already know and interpreting what people of the past left behind. Mm -hmm. Art historians do the exact same thing. We just also have pictures. Yeah. Um, and we have a different set of skills and kind of a different set of questions but we're we have similar goals as, I, as I like, historians i like to think of art history as um as the the path or the tool to bring history to life at least that's yeah what it does for me mm -hmm. um i i remember very clearly in high school my first interaction with art history was i, I took an ap art history class um, but even before that, my teacher who taught the, the art history class taught, um, uh, technically it, it went, it counted towards world history, but she, mm -hmm. she taught it as humanity. She taught world history through the art and culture and, and of the time, um, to, and, and that was the first time a teacher had done something like that for me. Um, and it really changed how I looked at history. It really mm -hmm. changed at how I, instead of just being told names and dates and things that happened that I was kind of like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I was seeing, you know, that like, there's an actual object that was created by someone, you know, like the, the Venus of Villendorf, like that is a, is a statue for, for listeners. What is the Venus know. of Villendorf? It is a, it's more than one. Cause there are more than one exists when you see the statue. Cause it's a, it's a woman, uh, it's a, a female figure with very large breasts and very large waist. It's a um, and small three-dimensional carved yeah. object. Yes, three, it, yeah. could, it could fit in your hand. Mm -hmm. The Venus of Illendorf, uh, She she's depicted um, as having uh, like bubble hair kind of um, on top of her head. There's no facial features that you can see. Um, it's just very much the figure, figurine itself. Um, and... And that was, I mean, we learned about cave paintings too, but like that was one of the first works that we learned about. We call her the Venus of Villendorf because it's a female figure, uh -huh. Venus being the goddess of uh, beauty and love and Villendorf because that is the place where this object was found. Yes, uh, Stay tuned Austria, for, yes, in Austria. Yeah. Stay tuned for Easter another Easter. later episode when Christine rages about how titles of artworks do not matter. Yes. But anyway. <laughs> but that's the later episode. Um, so, so yeah, so the, the Venus of Illendorf, like objects like that, um, and, and, and the fact that someone had, had carved um, this, this, this figurine, um, and, and you could see, like, you could still see some of the, like, the chisel, like, the, mm -hmm. not chisel, but, like, the, 
whatever tools were used to carve this, you could still mm-hmm. see some of the markings on, on the figurine. And, and later when we start, you know, we're looking at like, um, Impressionism because of the industrial revolution, which is another topic we will get into at another time. You can see on those paintings, the actual brush strokes of the artist. And and that just really brought home for me, like people existed doing this. Like, I I think that was something that had, had really missed for me. Like you can tell someone that like, oh yeah, people lived and did these things but actually seeing what someone had created and what had ex- had continued to exist throughout time like it's still these objects still exist someone lived a long time ago and made these like that really brought that home to me and really made that click for me in a way that that, that hadn't before so. that's wonderful thank you for sharing that and i'll just close this out by um also just offering a little bit another piece of information Mm -hmm. like uh, any academic field, even with medical doctors and historians and engineers, art historians specialize because there is just so very much. So think about how you have a general practitioner doctor, but you might also have a cardiologist and an allergist and a podiatrist. Mm -hmm. Art historians focus on one uh, geographic uh, area and time period in Mm -hmm. general. So my specific um, area, area of specialty. Area, thank you. Area of specialty. <laughs> My mouth stopped working. Hello. Um, <laughs> is art made in Italy from about 1350 to 1600, mm-hmm. which is actually a very long period of time. That is. That is. Uh, and the one kind of, I think, a, Art historians and historians are really similar in certain ways. There's mm-hmm. also this very weird academic like feud between historians and art historians, which I think is very funny and also just pointless. But anyway. <laughs> Um, all the historians I know it's a it's like more of a joking really like feud like I know I know an actual, I've heard oh no 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 shade. oh I know <laughs> I'm just saying that my personal interactions with actual historians it's have been more of a joke than an actual feud like yeah. I am blessed to know our historians who are not like into it we'll put it that way yeah um i mean we're basically we're historians but we also like to look at pictures uh and we learn how to read pictures which we'll get into pictures and objects yeah exactly and uh we'll get into what i mean by reading objects a little bit later um and but historians tend to handle a little bit of a longer period of time than art historians do art historians tend to work with shorter periods of times one or two centuries because Um, a lot will change within that in terms of the work but we can get into that exactly so that's all I wanted to say about that um but Elle tell me Hmm. my other favorite question ever (laughs) why do I even care about art and art history why is it important this is a question that gets me every single it time. It makes me very mad that somebody even questioned that it, art is important, but I understand why people don't automatically it, understand. Yeah. So it used to make me mad. It doesn't make me mad anymore. It actually makes me really sad when I get Help this question. Help me get there. Sure. Help me get there. Um, it makes me really, really sad because I, what I've realized is that if you're asking that question, you've never been shown that art is something that's for you. Yeah. Um, and that makes me sad, right? Exactly. Where are the Kleenex? (laughs) Because, because art is for everyone. I mean, that is something that I believe in my core and, and something that we will discuss over and over and over and over again is what is art? Like, how do you define, like, what can be defined as art? What equals an artwork? Um, and, and that is such a complicated question in a lot of ways that it's not like it will take up more than one show it will be a continued thing that we look at um, and that's kind of the point of what we're doing here. in general yeah I think the entire point of the show in some ways is what is art but um, <laughs> and why should I care about it why should I care about it yeah that that is the premise and, and that's that's what that's what initiated the idea of all of this for me in the first place actually is is like why is I I, I was tired of being sad of people being like, why, why should I care about art? Um, art at its core, at its deepest, deepest core is about communication. At least that's how I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a way to, for art today. So let, let's put it in this context, art today and, and historical art has a slightly different 
context that we will explain in a moment. But art today at its core is about expressing something. Mm -hmm. it's, it's expressing an idea, it's expressing an emotion, it's expressing something, right? Expressing something. It's about the interaction between the, the artist creating that work and us, the audience viewing that work. And, and the communication that can come across in there. When you look at art from a historical context, what's being communicated in terms of that is what was important at that point in time? What um, allowed the person to create that artwork? What were the, what were the you know, situations for that? What then in terms, like, what went into influencing the style of the work and various other things. And, and that information helps us build a bigger picture of what life was like at that time, what was going on, um, and that information. And, but at the same time, a lot of people can still look at historical works of art and have an emotional reaction and have a, a a movement, a, a feeling, you know, feel moved, feel, <laughs> words. Um, <laughs> they can feel moved, they can have it's gonna a personal, right in the feelings. <laughs> yeah, all the feels. Um, no, but they, they can have an, an, an emotional, personal response and interaction with a, a work that has existed for a long time. But why should you care about art beyond what it can do for us communication-wise is, is that art can Art is everywhere. Art is literally everywhere. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand. I think a lot of people don't quite realize how much of their everyday interactions with things around them are actually art. Um, and have been recognized and have by been... like museum curators. I'm looking at my, I have this beautiful lamp. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful Turkish lamp next to me. Yeah. I could literally, and you might think this is a lamp. This is just a lamp. I have been in art museums. You go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. You go to the American Wing. There is a display of lamps. Mm -hmm. These objects are recognized as quote unquote fine arts that mm -hmm. are worthy yeah. to be in a museum collection. Now, is it the same one that I got at home? I didn't get this one at Home Goods. Let me just put that out there. But is it the same lamp that I got at Home Goods that you'll see in the museum? No. But the lamp that I get at Home Goods is a mm -hmm. descendant of oh, these okay. lamps that are in. Exactly. Think of, of art. Take a moment and, and think of your closet. Should I close my what? eyes? Yes, please do. Take me and, somewhere. Um, think of your closet. What is your favorite piece of clothing? Like oh. the, the piece of clothing that just brings you joy to put it on. I have it right here, actually, because I have to wear oh, it to something later it? today. It is my white shirt. Hang on. It's like if you watch Seinfeld, it's like the puffy shirt episode <laughs> on Seinfeld because it has the little ruffles. Oh, isn't it cute? Awesome. It's white and has a high collar and has awesome. ruffles. And I love it. And there's it. no sleeves. That's, there's that's no important. Sleeves. There's no sleeves. No sleeves. Um, it's a button up shirt, it looks like. Um, no, it's not. No. It goes over your head and then it just buttons at the collar. Oh, it has the top. And... See, I saw that top button. So yes, I saw it just were... buttons at the collar. Okay. So it's a turtleneck. And then I always put like a jacket or something or a sweater over top yeah, of it because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like having my arms out. <laughs> but that's but so that's that piece of clothing comes from a long history of costume and textiles. Absolutely. A long, long history. And and even the creation of that specific shirt was an act of, of art, in my opinion. Yes. If you think of um, think back to the Devil Wears Prada. Ooh, and that fabulous speech that Meryl Streep gives when Anne Hathaway says, both those belts look exactly the same to me. Yes. If you I, haven't watched The Devil's Wears Prada, oh, what have you been doing? But been doing? Now, now I want to go memorize that, that, that speech. I, can, that is I think I can do it, but I'm not going to do it now because no, 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 this no, is no, not no, what no. I'm here to do. But no. yes, that's not that the point. Is, but if, you, no, if, you, if you're curious what that speech is, if you're curious what that speech is, please go just YouTube Devil Wears Prada big, like belt speech and it I promise it will pop up. It's and absolutely it brilliant and in that context Meryl Streep's character is talking about fashion the fa art of, of fashion um, yes. but it can be 
applied yeah. the same the tenets of what she's saying i don't think tenets is the right word i want to say but the core ideas that she's talking yeah. about yeah, the, are applicable, applicable to all forms of art mm-hmm. it's true uh, which is something i'd like to get back to in in a mm-hmm. little while um yeah. and i'd like to add to everything that you've been saying which is brilliant but as humans yes creating art is one of the most human things that we do and this is why we we really should care about it because there's evidence that we have an inherent connection to our material culture Mm -hmm. and you you talk about emotional reactions to things but to give a very real world example think about january 6th Mm -hmm. and the insurrection at the Mm -hmm. capitol yeah and the symbol and the newscasters are talking all day about the symbolism of that building and what that building represents (sighs) And I kept thinking about when I was in college many moons ago, it wasn't that many, many moons ago, but I was trying to explain to a friend of mine the same question, why did art matter? And I pointed to the oldest building on our campus. And I said, if that blew up right now, Mm-hmm. yes you'd be upset because our campus had obviously been attacked by right. something and people probably would get hurt but the reason they attack they're going to attack that building is because of what it means to us yep. plus plus who was in in the building they it was, exactly. a, it was a double exactly. whammy exactly uh. so <clears throat> yeah and not to you know sully our conversation with talk of that but that's <laughs> if you no i mean it, it applies to everything Exactly. It applies you know, to every day. You were disturbed day. to see certain images or certain things happening at that building is because we have an inherent connection to this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, Christine. Yes. Can I ask you your least favorite question? Are you prepared for me to rage? <laughs> I am. I am. I'm actually rage is my word of the day. Yeah. I have to tone back the rage. <laughs> um but but the caveat is you have to explain why yes i will be very yes i will explain i'm all for rages rages have their have have certain uh space and and need um anyway so here you are are you prepared take yes i'm ready go ahead all right what can you do with an art history degree Oh, thank you. Let me explain to you why I want to rage right now. Thank Let me just you. start with that. That's a good place to I start. I want to rage right now is because I'm in a safe place and I'm with two people who understand why that makes me frustrated. Um, and we can commiserate and yeah. just let our anger out and let our frustrations out. When I get asked this in the wild, I can't rage because yes. it's often a stranger who's asking me this question yeah. and it would be very counterproductive for me to just start yelling, which is what I would like to do. But the, and the reason I want to start yelling is because of the tone with which this question is normally asked. Yeah. It's normally asked with a very patronizing tone. And I know that a lot of people who have worked on and earned degrees in the liberal arts get this question a lot. Or do you, what are you even gonna do with an art history degree, a history degree, a degree in English literature, all this kind of philosophy philosophy oh philosophy poor philosophy kids oh my goodness those poor those poor students um my best friend became a lawyer with a philosophy degree so there you go a lot of art history majors become lawyers with art history degrees So, so let me say this um when you do a liberal arts degree so anything that's not and help me out with the way i'm defining this but anything that's not directly like vocational yeah Right. So if you're going to get, I don't want to say a bachelor's of arts because you could also do psychology, which I believe is a bachelor of science. It is. Yeah. And uh, is math a bachelor of arts or of science? Uh, under school. My brother has a degree in mathematics. I should know this. I can ask him. I think it might actually depend on your school because I've even heard uh, of schools who give BAs for psychology, but in any event. Hey, cruise director, do, can you Google that real quick? Thank you. Pray to the altar of <laughs> Pray to the <laughs> altar. So... So if you're if you're studying anything that's not directly vocational, so it's difficult to kind of connect the dots. Um, For sure. And especially if you also don't know what art history is. Mm-hmm. But here's so here's the thing: when you get a degree in liberal arts, you're essentially getting the same core skills. You're working mm-hmm. on the same um, skills of reading critically, writing. You'll do a lot of writing mm-hmm. when you do these kinds of degrees. Um, analysis, critical thinking, communicating complex ideas, and all of those wonderful good things. Um, and the major that you 
take um, is really just what you like, I hope, you know, I right. decided to major in art history because I found I really liked going to class. Um, when I was in freshman year, I didn't know if I wanted to do general history or art history. So I took a history class and an art history class. I really didn't like going to my history class, but I really liked going to my art history class. And I started doing well and I thought, okay, maybe I should keep going with this. And I thankfully was supported by my parents who go, hey, if you're doing well and you're loving it, you're getting your degree from a good university, just get down with your bad self. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, the big key word there is it made me want to go to class. <laughs> yes. So people, you know, just imagine you're getting a college degree, really. And um, especially if you're just in university, remember you get your bachelor's degree in, um, let me look at my bachelor's degree. My, does it, my diploma does not say art history. It says I have a degree of Bachelor of Arts. Yes, so yeah. You're, my, you're, my degrees all say Bachelor of Arts and yeah. blah, 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 blah. It's only my master's that says art history because now that's a specialized program in, in that. I can talk a little bit in a second about what I'm gonna do with my master's degree, but anyway, um, you can do, so anything that you can do with a BA, you can do with having had a BA in art history. Like we said, a lot of people might continue and go on to law school and um, use the, the skills that they, garnered as an art historian, but their art history major into, into a law degree. Uh, art historians get really good at memorizing things. <laughs> so that's why it works. It works well with, with law, I think, and with the critical analysis and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, you don't have to become an art historian. If you have no. a bachelor's <laughs> major in art history, most people don't. Yes. Um, I in fact have a bachelor's in art history. I am not I did not continue on mm -hmm. my studies towards mm -hmm. the path of mm -hmm. becoming an yeah. art historian. And what's fun but is we'll you get do, into that more later. Yeah, exactly. When you do art history, you you know the the major you take when you do your bachelor's, it affects how you're then going to see the world around you. I have a certain toolkit as we're yes. going to. Um, a lovely, lovely toolkit. Yes, I have my toolkit that I that I started building when I took a major in art history, um, mm -hmm. and it's going to look very different than my friends who were also liberal arts students who were studying philosophy or who were studying uh, English literature. So we, um, yeah, you can do anything else, <laughs> absolutely anything, um, and we can talk more about these. Should we talk more about these specific skills now? Um. I mean, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I'll just not? say really so. fast. I mean, the, the critical looking, being able to look at something. Um, yeah. I got to be honest with you, though, I didn't really unleash the skill until I got the master's. Um, I got in my master's program. I was like, what was I even doing in my bachelor's? <laughs> um, but you do kind of learn how to look at something and break it down into smaller parts, which is a pretty applicable skill you can use that you, you you'll start using it in your real life without realizing that you're using it yeah. and also fun is you'll start to learn the art history jargon mm -hmm. and you'll uh, kind of I feel like the jargon is what well I, I think this really gets off. into the, the the next question we had we had yeah. been planning to which is oh yeah go right what for art it. what art art history courses in in college like like why all the memorization? Yeah. What what is all of this? Exactly, and uh, often the another really common thing I hear is, "Oh my gosh, I took one art history class in college, and it was the hardest class I ever took." <laughs> oh my oh. goodness, yes, 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 and yes. it's probably because it's a lot, a lot of yeah. If you took a one hundred one yeah. something or two hundred one mm -hmm. something, mm -hmm. it the, so the very basics of art history are gonna be like let us sum up the biggest part of art history we can in one class as much as art mm -hmm. history as we can throw into one class so yeah it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be insane um i had to take one generalized art history class for my undergraduate degree and it was a lot more frustrating to me than the specialized classes i got to take mm -hmm. for the most part uh, because they are, it is such a huge chunk of time and it's so much happens. The reason that art historians break down art into different periods and styles is because that makes it a much more manageable chunk to digest, yes. to look through because so much changes from 
period to period to style from style to style and and let's do an episode later where we talk about what categorizations mean yes that would be and why we're now kind of raging again raging why am i because i I was quoting uh dylan thomas rage against the dying of the light um Um, but now we're fighting against using the teaching with these periodizations yeah and we'll talk about again this is for another episode but yes that's why we break that exactly that's why we break things down into periods because there's just so much so much and and so my the 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 classes that I took that were specialized for my upper level classes in art history were a lot more because they they generally break down the the very basic intro to art into two major classes and you kind of take Mm -hmm. the first chunk of art history to about gothic the end gothic, of the gothic yeah probably around the end of gothic right and then they pick it up and they do renaissance to like modern art yeah. um and contemporary be, yeah. contemporary modern art they, different classes stop in different places exactly. depending on what you can get to but but that's the these are huge chunks of time that we're yeah. talking we're about talking millennia millennia yeah these are, <laughs> and so yeah that's that's gonna be a lot to and and so the the teacher when when developing a test is gonna have say okay I know we covered a lot of slides you're I'm gonna choose from one of them good you know the best thing you can do for yourself is just memorize those slides like go through make flashcards you know mm-hmm. like train oh, your brain talk, to have I could spend an hour talking to you about making flashcards <laughs> one day I'll find my flashcards and I'll take a picture and like post them on our Patreon oh, or something like that beautiful. so that people yeah. can see my flashcards um I do not have mine anymore because my, I might not have mine actually yeah yeah I got I could I, I could not take the the paper versions anymore it drove me crazy so what I started doing is that my teachers started providing the slides for the class for us to study with um or the powerpoints more specifically um and um because we're not ancient using when we say slides we mean a powerpoint presentation presentation. I mean I have I have worked with uh an actual slide projector before which is an interesting experience but uh but no we're we're talking powerpoints in this day and age um but the but we refer to them as slides because that terminology from back when they were individual slides still sticks around yeah if anybody's seen Mona Lisa smile yeah which is one of my favorite excellent art movies. movies people should go watch that um, yeah we gotta gotta go running list of good art movies oh, we should watch. we should create like a i'm list gonna get it started right now mona lisa's Beautiful. going you do it excellent um so yeah so um i would take those slides and i would copy i would make a duplicate copy of it and i would write down all of like the really important notes that i needed on each slide and i would go through that and then i would go back to the the professor slides and i would quiz myself on those slides based off of the study slides i had created um and that that became like my flashcards basically because i could see the different images Mm -hmm. um but when you get into a smaller class Mm -hmm. that really becomes more much more focused on a specific time period a specific visualization and you can really Mm -hmm. deep dive into artists like specific artists and and their works and the minutiae they're in um and i think it for me an undergraduate because i I don't have a master's in art history but um for me an undergraduate at least like it really depended on who my teacher is in terms of how we how minutia we got and like mm-hmm. what their desire to impart and it also kind of depended on how many people we had in class who were not majors um because that's the that's the the problem with at least at my school um, is you would get like one or two, you would get like a handful of people from other departments who had waited on their art de- art class and thought, oh, this will be easy. I'll just take this. Because they think really, it's going to be like art appreciation, but really you're in an art history 400 an upper level, level class. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and so it would, it would, depending on how many people we had who weren't majors, um, it would it would kind of greatly change how we were able to deep dive because 
we, we didn't have the ability to go back to that 101 stuff and give them the groundwork that we were all working from. Exactly. And, and, it, and it wasn't, and, and I'm not trying to be derogatory towards those people who chose to do that. It's just, it's, it's like me showing up to a, an engineering class, like 401 engineering class being like, all right, I'm going to do this for my math credit. Now let's sit, sit, sit down and do this. I would be it's like, very what interesting the? how <laughs> that, that, that kind of double standard. Yeah exists yes it does let, it does yeah. very much so but let me circle back to talking about the memorization and these slides so the reason l and i are talking about making flashcards with the images and the information is because when you're in an introduction to art history class what is commonly called the survey mm -hmm. because it is okay let's survey let's look at everything your exams are very specific and the reason um you're you either love these exams like myself or you hated these exams like most people i meet i'm just insane so <laughs> what you what you take what you call a slide exam so mm -hmm. you go through the course and the purpose of the course is to lay a foundation to lay the groundwork like el was just saying because there are certain if so even if i'm going into my specialization which is italian renaissance i am responsible as a person in this academic field to be familiar with a lot of other stuff. Um, to, I, I have a responsibility to be aware of cave paintings and also of contemporary art and all of this. So that's the purpose. And then you also, when you're taking these courses, you'll also find, oh, I really like Gothic art. You might, something might click in like, you. Okay, so yeah. maybe when I get to specialized courses, I'll take one in, in this if it's offered that semester. Yeah, 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 right. So you go in to take your midterm or your final exam. And it looks like this, you sit down, the professor puts up a picture and you have to identify it. Mm -hmm. The title of the work, the artist, the date, uh, and probably the uh, location maybe, uh, if it's a building or something. And then um, you write a little something about it, why it's important, maybe you ask, uh, answer a specific question about it. You'll do a bunch of those and then you'll do compare and contrasts mm -hmm. where they'll put two, maybe even three images up of different artworks and you have to compare and contrast them. And it's an exercise in quick visual analyses, in taking in a lot of information at once, which is also something that our historians learn to do. We learn how to, when I say critical looking, we learn how to look at something and figure it out really quickly and understand what we're looking at. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of this hand, hand gestures. I don't know what this hand motion is. It's pulling information towards ourselves, I think. Because we're both doing it. Info, like, just, well, here's one. Here's pulling here's that one. information. Here's I one. It. It's mine. I'm collecting it. <laughs> Hunter-gatherer, we're the gatherers we're just, of information. I'm also just Italian, <laughs> so I don't know how to talk without using my hands. Yeah, that too. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that so when we make the flashcards, I used to do them the old school way where I would, and that, this is old school, right? I would print <laughs> off the PowerPoint, yes. cut out the picture of, let's say, the birth of Venus by Botticelli, <laughs> paste it to a giant index card, and then on the flip side, on the line side, I would write the identification and some facts about it, and that's how I would study. And there would be hundreds, I'm not kidding guys, you'd go through hundreds, you'd have to prepare hundreds of artworks and any one of them could be on the exam. And so you're looking at, oh yeah. So on the same exam, you could, as you're talking about Botticelli's Birth of Venus, you're also talking about Surratt's Sunday afternoon on the, uh, Sunday afternoon. In, on and, the same test, yeah. Yeah, on the same test and even, um, even in know, a comparing a Jackson contrast, Pollock, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, you, you can have a, a wide variety of, of artists, of styles, of, of, of things that, and, and, and the compare and contrast is supposed to be, the, the, the point of the compare and contrast is, you know, can you tell the difference between these two artworks mm -hmm. at a glance, at a, like, at a, in a short period of time, because you have, like, what, 15 minutes or something to kind of, like, quickly yeah, answer 10, that 10 question, minutes, 10, minutes. 10, 15 minutes to answer like that question and then move on to the next one. And yeah, um, and, and so it is at a glance. Can you remember what time period, what style, what and then artist, etc. Yeah, I think I'm looking at a building that was made in the Gothic era in France for XYZ reasons as compared to uh, this one, which was definitely made in ancient Rome. Yeah. And, and, of and in an intro class, they're not gonna, they're not gonna like put two works that are like really close in time that you're gonna be like, oh gosh, was this 1801 versus, yeah. you know, 1814? Like that's, 
I mean, and a lot has changed actually between get one into, and eighteen fourteen, but that's a whole other yeah. conversation. <laughs> you only really have to know date. I don't want to scare anybody. If there are any young students listening to us yeah. who are thinking about taking an art history class, please do not be deterred. I'm just trying no. to give you an idea of what these classes are going to look like. You might really enjoy doing this. Like I would it, really enjoy doing it. I so I started a study group, and actually, this was one of the ways that I made really good friends through in college. Um, was because I had a little bit of a, a different college experience from the from the average person. But um, I, so I came into the University of Texas as like mid, mid part of my, my studies. And, um, and so I was trying, like, I, ha I still had that one intro class I needed to deal with. So I took that and I made a study group with some of the kids in my class. And we actually became really, really good friends. And they loved studying with me because this was my major this was my interest right so I was really helpful to them like they were all from other departments and and stuff um and and we I remember in in particular we were talking about the different like the difference between like a woodblock print and an etching and you know different ways to make prints basically mm -hmm. um and and they were trying to understand the difference between them and like how the impression because the difference in them is like the way they're made and the way the ink sits on there is how that image is transferred to the paper and the way that you carve that is different depending on what whether it's an etching and engraving or a woodblock print and and so I remember we spent one whole study session in which I really broke that down for them and I went through and I explained the intricate differences between these different things and and I, I'm I'm also a, a a talker who uses their hands a lot, um, and so a lot like they just could not stop cracking up, and they loved it because I was like you know pressing down and like making these <laughs> gestures and like let me demonstrate, let me demonstrate, let me demonstrate how this works and how this and and I was Ch getting really I chisel excited. when I talk about Michelangelo I chisel, chisel right? while I talk <laughs> yeah. Um, but but they said that it was actually really helpful that I was doing those gestures because it helped them work through the process. And, and that's really great because I think when we're sitting in a kind of sterilized environment of an art mm -hmm. history lecture or an art museum, which has its own benefits being totally. kind of from an outside perspective, but I won't go into that at the moment, we kind of forget that a human being made this. We forget mm -hmm. about the, which is what I love and why I love sculpture in particular. Yeah is because you get the sense of tactility mm -hmm. um, that about people's yeah you, you know I look at the the David by Michelangelo and my first thought is oh my god someone made that with their hands yes. like how did that happen <laughs> yes no exactly like I was talking about before exactly mm -hmm. um so yeah so I think like so if there are potential students out there who have have thought about taking a class like this yes please don't don't it's let so this fun. deter you um you know it you can you can have a wonderful experience in an art history class um the but the 101s are are going to be a lot there's a lot to cover in a short period of time it, you're asking for you know two classes to cover the entire human existence mm -hmm. it's it's a lot no, it's, um, it's impossible i think it's been it, it proven. is it is it's been uh, proven. my favorite part of the tests were always the 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 last one where you would have like one image up and you would be expected to write for like 30 minutes about the work like and they would ask you like I, that that one was always my favorite because I could really deep dive into what I was I could take a hot minute to really look at the work and really like deep dive into because yes you have to do the identification stuff that you would have to do for the compare and contrast mm -hmm. but the long answer question you really dive into like what are you looking like you actually dive into uh a question we're gonna uh answer in a little bit so i'm gonna put it in. yeah but no this um, is great and just remember that you're you're memorizing these things for a reason and you're becoming yeah. even if you're like myself who ended up specializing it later in life um let's for my example the italian renaissance uh i have to memorize and i have to know the works of the greeks and romans and everything that happened in the, but I have to understand what came before because like what we were just talking about the clothes in my closet these artworks are a product of everything that came before them it's yeah. it's you know as an art historian I really take issue with the whole idea of oh this artist was a genius and he was ahead of his time and his artwork came out of nowhere no it didn't <laughs> and I'm sorry if that ruins it for you it didn't yeah um 
but that and that's okay and for me that makes it more interesting that how could this artist look at what came before him or her mm-hmm. and make it their own um, yeah I mean any any artist who's out there working in order to get to the point where they're a working mm-hmm. artist they they have to understand what has come before them even if it's yeah. like they're even if it's like back in, you know, just basic elementary school, middle school, high school classes on art, the basics of how to draw, the basics of how to, you know, paint, et cetera, exploring different mediums, really like all of that knowledge, even if they don't realize, even when you were in school taking these classes, even if your teacher didn't take the next step and talk to you about artists which mm-hmm. seems really strange to me but I've never met an art teacher who wouldn't talk to you about artists but even if that existed um you know the the skills that they're teaching you are built on all of the work that was done by artists discovering and trying and and doing things before us that helped us as a people learn the skills that then you can then turn around and I mean even anime right? Like the, yeah. the style of anime comes from understanding how to make something realistic in 3D and then taking that and extrapolating it to make a very stylized version of a 3D image, right? Um, and that, that stands on the shoulders of all of the people who worked before back in history discovering how to make a 3D image in any way, shape, or form. And this is something that art historians that we do as well. We read the work of art historians from the past, even if it's not quote unquote correct anymore. I don't want to say that really. That's not what I mean. I'm just, yeah. you know, if it's not innovative anymore, if it's not contributing anything to the field anymore because so much time has passed, but we need to know on whose shoulders we stand. Yeah. And speaking of which, Elle, I have a question for sure. you. Sure, sure, fine. Do you it. think that anyone can be an art historian? Ah, this question. Let me just sit my water and sit back while while you answer this question. Um, look at me. Look so, at me in my face. <laughs> so the reason that Christine is specifically asking me this question <laughs> um, is because sorry, I don't know how you're gonna laugh. Everybody blowing out your speakers. <laughs> um, is because I have a very complicated relationship with this question. Um, and, and the easy answer for this is yes and no, right? Um, (laughs) yes and no. Can anyone be an art historian? So as we've already stated, an art historian is a historian on art. So in the very basic context of the definition, um, anyone who wants to put in the time and energy and money and has the interest can can do the work to to get to the point where they're an art historian. Do you like, mean like the academic work? The academic work, yes, yeah. Like um, anyone who wants to to put in that time, energy, and yes, money to get your academic degrees can be an art historian in the full sense of the word. Um, is it easy? No. <laughs> So will most people want to? No. <laughs> no, art history degrees are, not, I will also say this, especially when you get to the master's level, mm-hmm. art history degrees are notoriously difficult. Yes. Yeah. Notoriously rigorous. Let me just um, put that out there. Um, so, so, I mean, it's the same thing as a historian, you know, do, mm-hmm. can anyone be a historian? Well, yes and no, right? Um, but where the complication for me personally comes in is that I, I hate the phrase like amateur historian or amateur art historian because yeah. I, I feel like that doesn't, let's say that you have the interest, right? You, you want to study, you want to learn, you love art and you want to know as much as you possibly can about it. But you don't want to be a historian for X, Y, and Z reasons, or you don't have the money or various things, you know, come up in your life. And that's not, you don't think it's a possibility for you for whatever reason. I 
where I struggle is I don't want to discount someone who puts time and energy into something that they are passionate about learning um, because they don't have the PhD, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I have an undergraduate in art history. Am I an art historian? By the barest definition, no, I'm not. I, I, I just have a bachelor's in it. I do have a master's, but it's in art museum and gallery studies with a focus in education. So I took a slightly different path mm -hmm. than continuing on to, con to study just straight up art history. <laughs> what well, is? I mean, like unadulterated, unfiltered. Because un I say straight up, I say straight up art history and straight up art historian all the time for these reasons. It's, yeah, because I have. Let me. Just There's so many different paths you can take. I have a pedigree to a certain extent. Now I don't have my PhD. I'm not working on my coursework or anything like that anymore. But I've recently finished a master's, so I do yeah. have a certain kind of authority. Let's say that when sure. handling, yeah. these you have of a bigger toolbox. Yeah. That and you have a a bigger you have a different toolbox than I do. Yeah, I have different knowledge, I, a different yes, you know, yes. set of knowledge, and you have a different set of knowledge than I do. Yes, which yeah. is why we're here together, isn't it lovely? Uh, no, so but but even so, I, I don't like the idea of discounting someone who on their own has gone and 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 learned something somewhere and mm -hmm. and so while you know you may not have while i may never have a phd in art history i do have a passion and a love for art history i do know people who have never studied art history in terms of a, a classical setting who I have had amazing conversations with and have taught me things. Um, like I, I remember one time in a, mu in a museum when I was working there, I ended up talking to this elderly couple who was standing in front of, of an artwork and they taught me so much that I didn't know. And neither of them, like I think one was a, a math teacher and one was like, I, I don't even know what she did for her career. Um, but like neither of them had anything to do with studying art like professionally in any way, shape or form, but they loved art so much that they went out of their way to go to as many exhibits mm -hmm. and as many things as they could. And they, had and they probably their, read a lot as they well. They read so mm -hmm. much. Yeah, they loved, they, and, and they, you know, like I was standing there, I was supposed to be the professional in the situation. I was an employee of the museum and, and they were teaching me something. And, and I think that that was a, a beautiful, beautiful moment, you know, that, that we can all teach each other things that like, and, and I don't, you know, are they, were they professional art historians? No, but I don't, I also don't want to discount the knowledge that they had sought. Let me ask you, it, it also feels kind of reductive to say, because even I get uncomfortable calling myself an art historian, yeah. because I'm not really doing it professionally. Um, but I wouldn't, I would, I feel like it would be reductive and just as patronizing to call somebody and, you know, an enthusiast yeah. in a similar I, way as yeah. amateur. Um, so it really depends on the con, if you want to self-style yourself, self if you want to style yourself, that was yes. really difficult. Style to yourself. Trying yeah. to think with my, my, my mouth. <laughs> la, 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 la. If you want to style your, yourself ah, an art <laughs> historian, I want to know the context that yeah. you're working in and yeah. why you consider yourself to be that just because I feel protective of the title as, as someone who has who's done the academic work and has the aspirations to continue with that academic work and and be a straight up art historian and, and publish and, and teach and, and, and do all of that. So, um, but I, but I think yeah. the other side of this coin is also like, can anyone aspire to be an art historian to, to go after that? Sure. Like yeah. I, there, there's no prerequisite to be a studier of art like there's you can no even walk into a phd program and be like i don't have any background in art history it will be more difficult for you but yeah you could no you it. could you could like it's I, been done yeah people switch to their stuff around all the time mm -hmm. um i yeah uh it <laughs> the learning curve would be steep but it would be doable 
Yeah. I mean, um, I even saw some colleagues of mine in my master's program that were coming in without art history bachelors that mm -hmm. were had to learn a lot, mm -hmm. which was interesting. But it, anyway, but it what can, were you, it, I, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, that's totally fine. Um, my, my point, there's no, like, I mean, some, some career paths, jobs have prerequisites that you have to like, you know, in order mm -hmm. to achieve, you have to have checked Xbox or be some type of person. Um, art history is not one of those, right? Like it, the, the only thing I think that is a prerequisite is, is an interest and a desire. Really. Yeah. Now, if you're trying to, no, I, I'm the academic here. So if, if you're going into an academic field, it's going to be different. But if you yeah. just went to a museum one time and thought, hey, this is cool. And then you found yourself in the bookshop and just, you know, you can buy as many art books and things as, as you like. And it's, yeah, go for it. If you love something, I'm like this way with music. Yeah. I would never in a long shot call myself a musician, but music, music is probably my second great passion. And I love picking up string instruments and yeah. I, I studied cello for a really long time. Didn't pursue it to be a, to, to be a cellist. Yeah. Uh, but I, I it's something that I'll always love and be enthusiastic about. I think it's similar to, so I always struggle. I struggled for a really, really long time to call myself an artist. Yeah. Um, to take that identifier on myself. And, and I think it's, it's because I felt that it had, it carried with it a weight and a connotation that I didn't feel like I had earned. Um, and, and, and because I felt that a lot of people have this idea that an artist has one specialty, they're a sculptor, they're a painter, they're a fill in the blank style method of creating art. Um, and that's not how I work personally. Um, I, if, if you had to say mixed media, sure, you could say that, but that brings connotations that I, I don't carry either. Um, I, I dabble in a lot of different areas. I'm a creator. I, I bake, I sew, I knit, I embroider, I, um, sing, I dance. There's a lot of different skills I have. Um, and, and I explore that. I explore all of them. I work within all of them. I, whatever sparks my interest that day is, is what I do. And, and because I don't have just one specialty doesn't mean that I'm not an artist. Um, but that's a, that's another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of blew it off. Anyway, I um, want to keep moving here yes. on to our, our next question. And I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I wondered if you had anything else to add to um, the question, how does art affect my life? I think we might have already addressed this. Yeah, I think. Why should I care about art? Um, I think the only thing I really want would would want to add is, you know, do you listen to music? Yeah. Do you play video games? Do you get do dressed you, in the morning? Morning. Yeah. Do you put on um, makeup? Do you, <laughs> all of these things are art. Um, even and and I, and I really want people to take this and and really hear this if they can. A child with a box of crayons and a piece of paper, that's art, people. Like art is, is how we synthesize, it's how we conceptualize, it's how we process the world around us, it's how we work on communicating from one person to another. A book, a book is a work of art. Like it, yes, it uses words to paint its picture, but that that's still, a work of art someone created that and 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 so art is is literally all around us in ways that we don't even think about and and i think that's the core of, of what i would want people to know thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation we'll be back next time to continue discussing what is art history if you would like to learn more about It's Just Art or to get involved with us, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at It's Just Art Podcast. Please remember to like, follow, review this podcast on whatever platform you found us. Um, we really look forward to hearing from you. So once again, my name is Christine Staten. My co-host is Elle Claus. And remember, it's just art.